Do you want to stop relying on boxes and cans and multiple trips to the store each week? Do you want to feed your family healthier food while saving money? Well, get ready, because today we're taking baby steps to doing just that. I have three easy tips for you for food you can stop buying and start making for better nutrition, less money, and fewer trips to the store. So grab a pen. You're going to want to take notes. Let's do this. Hey mama, welcome to the Farm Family Table, where you can find encouragement and practical tips for living the healthy homesteading life that God is calling you to. Hi, I'm Jocelyn, farm wife and mom of two littles. I know that you want to provide the best food for your family while being more self-reliant. And I believe there's a way to start homesteading with less stress, more joy, and more time focusing on what matters most, faith and family. Want to learn how? Join me as we build our homesteads together. So pop in those earbuds and start that load of laundry because we're about to dive in. Hey ladies, today we're going to be talking about things you are buying possibly every week that you can swap and make from scratch right at home. But before we dive in, I want to take a minute to remind you that we have free recipes and meal planning resources over at our website, farmfedfamily.com. I created this content for you so you can learn new skills even as a total beginner homestead mom who's up to your eyeballs in dirty diapers and laundry piles. Again, that's farmfedfamily.com. Plus, make sure to subscribe to our email list to get instant access to new resources from gardening tutorials to easy weeknight meal ideas. Okay, have you ever gotten home from the grocery store looked at your receipt, and it just made you want to cry. I know food prices these days for so many families is just through the roof. Then you look at the labels on the food you just bought, and you're disgusted by all the unnecessary, unpronounceable ingredients, the artificial colors and flavors, preservatives, and extra sugar in your food. You want a way to fix it, but switching to everything from scratch is too much. It's too overwhelming. And Trust me, it is. Don't go there. Don't try and start with everything. I've totally been there. I've sat with that feeling of needing to learn how to make absolutely everything from scratch like yesterday. And it's not helpful. So instead, pick key things that are going to make the most impact for your family. That's why today I'm going to share three things that can make a significant difference in your grocery budget while drastically leveling up the nutrients in your food. We can't do it all at once. We're just one person. We only have so much time. You know, a lot of you have littles at home just like I do. It's hard to sit down and learn new things, let alone implement them when you've got a toddler hanging on you and holding a baby with one arm. We're going to take it one bite-sized piece at a time, which is why I'm starting with three easy things. And these things are also strategic. They're the things that are going to give you the most bang for your buck and the most nutrition for your effort. So without further ado, let's dive into what some of those things are. Okay, so my number one, some of you might be saying, um, that's not easy. So just kind of hear me out on this. The number one thing that I recommend you start making from scratch is bread. And I will put a caveat on easy because I don't want to flippantly say, oh, it's so easy because it's not always easy. I like the quote, things are hard until they're not. Baking bread is hard until it's not. There's definitely a learning curve, 
when you are learning how to make bread for the first time because there's so many things that go into bread baking that make it a little bit different. Your altitude, the temperature, the humidity level in the air, so many little things can factor into your bread dough and your final result that you're gonna get, which makes it a little bit tricky when you're trying to follow a recipe to a T, but you have to kind of make little changes and nuances based on your environment. Well, if you don't have that prior knowledge, it can get a little tricky. But the reason why I say that it's worth it for you to spend time learning this skill is because there's a drastic difference in price between what you get at the store and what you can make at home, and there's a drastic difference in nutrients. So the other day, I walked into the grocery store and they had a new little stand right at the front of the store with their bread display. And the first thing I noticed was they had some loaves of French bread for $6 a loaf. I have just started making sourdough French bread for my family this past year. There's only four ingredients to French bread. Flour, water, salt, and yeast. None of those ingredients are overly expensive. Yeast is probably the most. I would say to make a loaf of French bread at home probably costs about 40 cents, and that might even be generous. Um, You know, it probably depends on what kind of flour you use. For a loaf of whole wheat sandwich bread, it was $4 at my grocery store. For me to make it at home, and I actually did do the math on this with all the ingredients, cost me 68 cents, and that includes running the oven. So there's a huge price discrepancy there. If you're a family that goes through a lot of bread, hands down, something you should focus on first. Not to mention that there's so many health benefits of making your own bread. You can really tailor it and make it what you want it to be. So for me, I prefer to use at least part of the flour to be whole grain. Um, You can choose if you want to do 100% whole grain. If you want to do 50% whole grain, you can choose what kind of oils you want to use in the bread. You can choose if you want to use sugar or if you want to switch to a more natural version or honey. You can um, grind your own grains. You don't have any preservatives. You have so much more flexibility with how you want to create the best thing for your family when it comes in terms of health. And you can focus on what your family likes. So I try and mix it up. We do the sourdough French bread quite a bit. And I just have to pause for a minute because we love sourdough. That's something that is relatively new to me. We've been working on it for about a year, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for a beginner, especially if you're really wanting to work with whole grains. It gets a little bit tricky when you're using the wild yeast with the sourdough starter. Um, So if you're a novice baker, I wouldn't necessarily encourage you to start there, but I do love sourdough and definitely something that you could work up towards. But anyway, just focus on what your family likes. If you eat a lot of sandwiches and sandwich bread, great, learn that first. If you um, do a lot of burgers and sliders and sandwiches on buns, maybe you're going to learn how to do buns first. But I would encourage you to pick one thing and take that as a first step. And if you've never made bread before and this is where you really want to start, I want you to listen to the rest of this episode and take notes, 
but I want you to only do this one first step. Once you've mastered bread, you can move on. If you decide you want to make a really good loaf of sandwich bread, master it and then move on. But initially, there's quite a bit to learn with baking bread. And I want you to be able to give yourself the time and the grace to focus on that and not be overwhelmed by all the other things that you're also trying to learn. Okay, so the second thing that I would recommend you stop buying and start making from scratch is broth. So a carton of broth at the grocery store is about $3 for a quart, which you can make this at home for probably less than 50 cents for about six to eight cups. So when I make broth, I don't really use anything that I have to necessarily even purchase. I use bones or a carcass from meat that I've already prepared. Sometimes I'll use actual whole cuts of meat, but then we're planning on eating that meat with the meal. And I'll use veggie scraps. So um, pieces of celery, carrot tops, um, onion pieces. When I use vegetables in cooking, I just save those and I put them in the freezer as I do it. And then once I have bones to use, once I have a big enough batch of veggies, I'll throw it overnight in the crock pot. And there is so much flavor in that when you cook it in the crock pot all night. It doesn't even compare to store-bought broth because a lot of times store-bought broth is just salty. It's salt with a little bit of chicken or beef flavor. Whereas when you make it at home and you can add those real things in there, it gives it a lot more of the vegetable flavor. It gives it a deeper meaty flavor. It's so simple. It's literally hands off. I dump it in the crock pot. I top it off with water and I turn it on and walk away for the night. And in the morning I strain it off and I have broth ready to go. So there's really not a whole lot of work involved in that. It's nice because you're using kitchen scraps, so things that you would normally be throwing away, you're still getting nutrients. It's a way to incorporate some of those things that would just be waste otherwise. Not to mention there's some great benefits of making your own broth. When you do it this way, it's real bone broth. So it has the collagen in it, it has gelatin in it, it's high in vitamins and minerals from the vegetables. And you can also control the sodium you put in it. You can control the type of salt you put in it. If you like real salt, if you like sea salt. So again, you have some options there to increase that nutrient value. And really it works with any kind of bones or any kind of meat. You can make beef broth, you can make chicken broth. I've made pork broth before. Um, really the sky's the limit there and it's all the same. It's all one simple recipe. And just so you guys know, I'll be putting the links in the show notes for these different recipes. You can find all of this over at our website, farmfedfamily.com, but I'll have the links to the specific recipes and instructions for each of these items in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. All right. And our last thing, number three is cream of anything. So if you are in the Midwest, you are a big fan of these things because they are so common for all the various casseroles. So what am I talking about? Cream of mushroom soup, cream of chicken soup. Um, it could be cheese sauces, gravies, so much more. 
think anything that is creamy in a can or something in a packet that's dehydrated, but when you rehydrate it, it's creamy. It's so easy to make those things at home without the junk. And, you know, it's funny because, so I used to teach family and consumer sciences to junior high and high school students. That's what I did before I was a stay-at-home mom. And I used to teach this stuff to ninth graders with no cooking experience whatsoever. And it was totally eye-opening to them that, oh, actually, it is really easy to make mac and cheese without the box. You can make a really delicious, simple gravy with hardly any ingredients, and it's all things that you already have in your pantry. Really, all you need to make a basic cream sauce is fat, flour, and a liquid. And then you can add seasonings or possibly cheese if it's going to be cheesy. So what's in these canned soups and creamy things that really shouldn't be? I haven't bought these for, I don't know, ever, years. But so I looked up what's on the, you know, the label for Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. What's in there that shouldn't be? Vegetable oil, soy, soy protein concentrate. I'm not even sure what function that has in there. MSG, nice. And natural flavoring which really is not as natural as it sounds. Why does all of that need to be in there when the only ingredients that we need are fat, flour, and a liquid? And I'm going to explain that makeup a little bit more in just a second there. Homemade sauces can be made so cheap. And like I said, probably with all the ingredients you already have at home. So one of those cans of soup costs about $2. The homemade version costs less than 40 to 50 cents. So for cream of mushroom soup, which is basically like a white sauce, but it has kind of that mushroom flavor in it, your ingredients in that are butter, flour, milk. I like to put a little bit of salt, garlic, onion. You could saute mushrooms in there if you like the mushrooms, but that's all it is. You don't need all that extra stuff. The cream of chicken, you could use butter or olive oil, flour, and then the liquid there is chicken broth. So when you pair these together, you have equal parts of fat and flour, and you saute those together to create the fancy term, a roux, and then you gradually add in your liquid to get your desired consistency. So you'll kind of notice a trend here that I have a fat, I have a flour, and I have a liquid with all of these. For a basic cheese sauce, butter, flour, milk, and then you add your shredded cheese. For gravy, you don't need that gravy packet. You use fat from the meat that you cooked, or you could even use butter if you didn't have fat from a piece of meat like a roast. You add equal parts flour to that, and then you add broth to your desired consistency. And again, I'm not going to go super in-depth with every little step on these because you can find that all over at our website, but I just want to give you a picture of it's so simple to do these things yourself and to do that at home. And yes, it takes a little bit of time and maybe a little bit of planning, but I know you can do it. Like I said, if my prior ninth grade students can do it, I know you can do it too. 
Okay, so as you can see, over and over again, when you swap out foods and try them homemade, you're saving money and your nutritional value is better. So with these three swaps that we just talked about, you save an average of 80% of what that store price is, and the nutritional value is immensely better. So your homework from this episode is I want you to pick one thing that we talked about. Then save this episode, come back to it later. You can hear it all again later, but I want you to just focus on one thing that you want to do. Again, we're not going to get overwhelmed. We're not going to try and do all three things or five things at once. You're going to check out the show notes and find the tutorial on our site. You're going to work on it until you master it. And then you're going to come back and you're going to start the next thing. And you're going to do it again and you're going to do it again and you're going to have success. And before you know it, you're going to have a from scratch kitchen that you didn't think was possible because you did it one baby step at a time and you were intentional about mastering one thing at a time. Okay, ladies, I hope you found this episode really practical and helpful. I encourage you to pick one small thing to start crossing off your grocery list each week and start making from scratch and stick with it until you can do it in your sleep. Then add your next thing and feel victory as you slowly start to reclaim your kitchen and your grocery budget. I pray that God would give you the knowledge you need and protect you from overwhelm as you tackle that first thing. Thanks for joining me, ladies. We'll see you next week. I hope you loved today's episode. I pray that you leave this episode encouraged in Christ and equipped with practical knowledge for your homestead. If that's you, will you take 30 seconds right now to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts? Your review blesses me so much and helps other mamas find this podcast and start their homesteading journey. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you next week.